exciting thing to tell the Lord. Sometimes you get excited and you get in that moment. Yes, Lord, I will. And that's great. But it doesn't end there. You have to actually do it. There's a, there's a story in the scripture about two sons. And the first son, the, the father tells him, says, son, I need you to go take out the trash. And the son says, yeah, dad, I'm going to take out the trash for you. I'm going to get it. And he never does. And then he tells the other son, hey, son, I need you to go mow the grass. And the son says, I ain't mowing the grass, dad. I'm going to go fishing. But he gets his stuff ready and he starts heading out to go fishing. And he says, you know what? I need to go mow the grass first. And Jesus says, which one of these then did what was right? So sometimes, you know, I think I'm guilty, man. I find myself saying, yes, Lord, and not following through all the way. But all those sweet times when I have that discussion with God and say, God, I don't really want to do that. And then I come around and say, you're right, God, I need to do that. That's, God, God is looking for people that will do what he's asking them to do. Not just say they will, but do. And... You know, I, you wouldn't find one person in this room that, that could be innocent this morning in that cause. But thank God that we probably all are going to be found that there are those times when we said, yes, Lord, I will do that thing. And when we do, when we do, it's an awesome thing. That's, boy, that's free this morning. I won't charge you for that one. My title... The title of my message this morning is Breakfast on the Beach. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How many like breakfast? <laughs> How many like the beach? Yeah. I want, and, and Rick, as I was standing up here, I, I, a flashback came into my mind. I don't know if you remember, you and me, and I think Tim and Larry, we went down to Wildcat one time, and we set up our tents, and we went fishing, and we had a fire going, and we were, cook, we were catching fish, and we were cooking them on the open fire, and kind of involved a tent catching on fire and a grease and all it, was, it wasn't an all-around great day but I tell you we was having a big time there at the creek and we had a fire going and we was man I think were you the only one old enough to drive Rick did you haul us all down I don't and, and then to top it all off the rains came and the winds blew and we're laying there holding the tent up like yeah the, and finally, we just packed it all up and headed to our house and slept in the basement. But anyway, <laughs> breakfast. We had a good time while it was good, man. We was eating fish fresh out of the, out of the creek. And this morning, we're going to talk about a story. Not a story. I hate saying when I say story. We're going to talk about a time in the Bible where the disciples got to have breakfast with Jesus on the beach. This is God's word for me today. We're going to be in John chapter 21. Matter of fact, we were just, I love fish. I love to eat fish. I love to catch fish. I love to eat fish. My wife's looking forward to fish tacos. Now, I've tried them once. I'm just going to say they're not my favorite. I just want fish. Coleslaw on the side, okay? But I love, I love fish. And, and, and back in, in Bible times, in, in the area where they were at, a lot of the disciples were fishermen. And so we can relate to them a little bit. John chapter 21, I'm going to read verse 1 through 13. 
After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Now, what if you were those two that didn't get their names put in there? Wouldn't that hurt your feelings? I don't know. Maybe not. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. Man, he's ready. They said to him, we will go with you. And they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Can I get a witness who's been there, done that. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? Do you think he was over there snickering a little bit? If you've been in on some of our Wednesday night in our last session, we talked a little bit about Jesus' humor with his disciples. I can imagine. They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Now, I don't know about you, but when fishing is your job, and some dude standing on the shore tries to tell you how to do your job, you think maybe it could ruffle your feathers a little bit? I was, I won't go there, it's too long a story. <laughs> People don't like to be told how to do their job, do they? He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal place, fire in place, with fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them, and although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. Lord, you're an awesome God. And I just ask, Lord, that this morning these few words will help us to draw closer to you. These few words this morning, Lord, will give us a glimpse and an insight of your compassion and your care for us. And help us, Lord, to respond to you. And We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, I know a lot of you dudes in here like to fish, and there's some of you gals in here that like to fish. And I would guess there's probably a few more than that that like to eat fish on top of going fishing. Sometimes we just go on a seafood diet, right? Everything you eat, see, you eat. But at this day and in this time, these men were used to going fishing for a living. What they, they caught, not only did they eat, but they sold, it provided for them. And I've known people, you know, we still have people that we see commercial fishermen out in boats all the time. I, I drove by a boat there last year one time, and I didn't know what he had in there. 
But all I could see, he had this big old boat, and I could see the tops of them, and it was full. So I don't know what he had, but he had a load. There are still people in, in our area and around the world today that they fish for a living. I don't fish for a living, and it's probably a good thing because I'd be a lot hungrier than I think I am now. But I do like to fish. I like to take my grandkids fishing. I, li I like to be there, and, and there's just something about being out there. But here we see, as we see these men, and they, they were, Jesus had died, they had seen him, but they were, still, they were still in that situation where they just didn't fully understand. So they went back to what they knew. They knew how to fish. And on this day, they decided to go back and catch some fish. Didn't have much luck at first. So the first thing that we can kind of see from this is their human efforts had failed. I think the lesson that we can always learn is that when we try to do it our way, it's not going to work out. When we try to be the one who it's my way or the highway, it's not going to work out very well for us. I think what the Lord this morning is wanting to teach us is that it needs to be His work and His way and His will in our lives if we want to succeed. Success looks so different to each one of us. Go fishing. I, I just happened to get fortunate enough to be with Nick and a couple of his nephews down at the creek the other day, and one of his nephews caught his first ever fish. And the excitement in that first ever fish. And, and, and it was a nice-sized bluegill. And, you know, it was big enough to keep if, we're, if, you know, if somebody was keeping. But, but yet I know that out in that same water, there's some of these. And success for me would have been to catch one of these. And so you look at that, and, and you look at complete different ideas of success for that child, and I've taken my grandkids, and they catch them this big, and they're excited. Why? Because they caught a fish. Success is not based on man's view, but success is based on God's view. God says, for that child, that's a success. That's a big deal. We think about our lives. We think about our church. We think about, and, and many times we get focused on what I see as success. What I think it successful if we had a hundred people in here this morning and would I base that simply on the number of people that are here this morning can I be honest with you in the flesh sometimes that's that's the thing that pops into a pastor's head is you know numbers but am I doing God's work God's way or am I doing God's work my way, or am I doing my work my way and leaving God out completely? I think success for us is based on whether or not we're being obedient to God. Success in your personal life is based on whether or not you're being obedient to God. Success in, in everything you do in your life is simply based on whether or not you're being obedient to God. In your job, in your family, and your relationships is based on 
obedience to God. Because if we simply base it on our human efforts, we're going to realize that we are not adequate. Why do we sometimes feel inadequate? Because we're basing it on our humanness. We're basing it on what we see. We're basing it on how we feel instead of basing it on our response to God. Sometimes we can be disappointed in ourselves when we realize we didn't do it God's way, yes. But that should lead us to changing what we do or how we do it. You see, if you think about it from human perspective, as these men went out in the boat and they did what they did for a living, they threw their nets out and they, they knew how to fish. They knew where to, to park the boat and they knew which way to throw the net in and they knew all that stuff because they were fishermen. And the disappointment they felt, I'm sure, because huh, we have fished. It says they fished all night. That's a lot of work, fishing all night. You ladies think it's all fun and games? It's work. Amen. They fished all night and they didn't catch any fish. And so I'm sure when the sun started to come up, they were ready to go lay down somewhere and rest from their toil. And then they see Jesus on the bank. You know, think about if Peter and his friends today, they're out there fishing and they catch no fish. It's about 4 o'clock in the morning and their wife calls them, Are you coming home? Oh, honey, we've been fishing all night. It's been a tough one. We haven't got nothing to show for it. I don't know how we're going to feed the family this week. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do for the rent, but I'm going to try. I'm going to stay out here a couple more hours, and I'm going to see if I can't catch something. Well, instead, they look to the shore, and there's Jesus. And the question he asks is, do you have any fish? And the question that that brings to my mind this morning is when we're going about life, doing what we think we know how to do, and it doesn't seem like we're getting anywhere, is Jesus wanting to ask us that question, do you have any fish? What have you got to show for your toil? What have you got to show for your efforts? And I believe that he doesn't ask that to condemn us. He asks that question of us to help us to understand he wants to be involved in what we do. And when he gets involved, it becomes fruitful. You see, I imagine when Jesus asked that question, it might have maybe made them a little frustrated. Well, no, we don't have any fish. So if all your human efforts have failed and all the nets you have cast have caught nothing. Maybe you need to ask God, God, what it, where do I need to throw my net? <laughs> I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. As a church, we have to ask those questions. We have conversations sometimes and they sound like, well, if it's not being effective, maybe we should do something different. Those aren't easy conversations. Those aren't things that we enjoy talking about, things that aren't successful, is it? 
Do you like to talk to your spouse about things that aren't successful? Or do you like talking about those things that really have panned out, man? But it's an evaluation process where we have to say, God, what is it that we can do? What do you want us to do, God? Because maybe we've tried it on our own. And you think, well, pastor, you're, you're a pastor and you've got a board. And, and man, you should, always should be doing everything just the way God wants you to do. And let me just tell you, sometimes we get off track. I'm not saying, I'm just saying sometimes we let the flesh sometimes speak louder than we let God speak. I'm just, okay, just honest with you. You can get mad and throw me out. It's okay, but I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I think I let what I think is right or what I, how I want to do things probably speak louder than, how I, than God. And so I think as we evaluate that and we realize maybe we need to cast our nets on the other side. And maybe we feel like we have. But when Jesus says, cast your nets on the other side, we need to start casting. So human efforts failed. And then came the obedience to the instruction of Jesus. You see, at first, sometimes Jesus' instructions may sound crazy. Sometimes when he asks you to do something, it may sound like, how in the world do you expect me to do that? Or, God, I've tried this, and I've tried this, and I've tried this, and I even tried that once. And so maybe that instruction sounds impossible, or maybe it just sounds crazy. Maybe it's just crazy enough to work. Maybe he knows something that you don't know. Maybe he's seeing something you don't see. If we just think about the scripture and think about how God looks at things and how we look at things, we realize it's not one and the same. He looks right into the middle of things and all we see is the outside. He knows the, the thoughts and intents of the heart. All we see is the outward action, right? Sometimes when Jesus asks us to do something, it sounds crazy, but it's just the right thing at just the right time. See, in this moment in time, they were asked to do something that they had already tried in their own effort. But Jesus says, now is the time. Now is the time. Cast your nets on the other side. And as they did, as they were obedient, they began to see the fruit. When their obedience kicked in, something began to happen. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, sometimes we feel the Lord calling us to something. Maybe we just feel the Lord calling us to come to His feet and rest. And we fight it. Maybe we're in a church service and the pastor says, hey, if you have a need, come on up. 
Or maybe if the, the pastor says, hey, I feel the Lord bringing us to a time of prayer at the altar, and you, you sense it, you sense that you need to go, but the old flesh keeps your old self right in the seat. I'm not going to embarrass myself. And so therefore we don't obey and we don't receive. We don't obey and we don't receive. You see, the disciples had an option here. He didn't go out there and force them to throw their net. He just simply said, throw your nets on the other side. After their whole night of toil, they could have had a hundred excuses not to do it. I'm too tired. I can't even lift the net again. We've done that 20 times in the last five hours. We, this and that and this and that. But they simply obeyed. And they caught fish. The same is true as we live our lives in obedience to the Lord. As we begin to obey Him, we're going to begin to see that He knows things we don't know. He sees things we don't see. And when he calls to us, we need to respond. I love this scripture. Come to me. But see, that is an action. That is an action. This Christian life is an action life. You're not going to make it just skating through thinking, well, it's okay, it's all good, I'm just going to sit back and it's all, I'm going to skate right into heaven. It's an action life. It's a life of, you know, submission is an action, isn't it? I was talking with a young kid that was getting married and I, the other day, and, and I said, you're not having that submit thing in your ceremony, are you? Uh, he says, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. What he, did, he was totally in the dark about the whole thing. I don't, I'm the, probably the most in the dark of anybody I've ever been around that's getting, getting ready to get married. He just got married, matter of fact, this week, last weekend, but. I asked him a few questions. I don't know. She's taking care of all that. I was pretty hands-off, but I don't think I was that hands-off. Anyway, he did, I, but, but submission is an action. And as much as we don't like that word submit, and I don't do it in any of my wedding ceremonies either because I don't like it either, but, but as much as I don't like it, when it comes to our Christian life, it better be an action that we get used to. It better be something that we ask God to help us with. God, help me to submit to you. When you say, come, I need to run to that altar. When you say, come, I need to run to you. When I was coaching, one of the things that used to irritate me was that attitude of on and off the field, walking on and off the field like this. No, you run off the field. You run on the field. You show some excitement about being out there. Sometimes God says, I want you to come, and you're like, oh, again. Oh, can I? I'm telling you. You, you think it's a, you know, God is looking for action from his people. When he says come, he doesn't do that to, to, for, just for fun. He doesn't do that just to see if, if we're a bunch of puppets that will... No, he does that because he knows he has something for us. But to receive it, we got to come to him. We got to we got to take part in, we got to be an active part as we obey him and run to him. Run to him. With our arms open wide and our hands up high and say, "Lord, 
I need you. And I, I, this invitation has excited me this morning. We've talked about David Wilkerson before, but he's just a country preacher who God called to the inner city of New York to go help out some drug addicts that were in need. A hundred different reasons why he should have laughed in God's face and turned around and said, I'm happy right where I'm at, except for the hundreds of thousands of drug addicts that have been set free by the power of God because somebody was willing to say yes to God. Teen Challenge, I'm, I am so proud to say that's an Assembly of God ministry, but it doesn't matter what the name over it is. What matters is it's, it's been constantly a source of people being willing to get their hands dirty with people that nobody wants and nobody cares about. But there are people, by the way, our church supports Teen Challenge with $100 a month. That's the biggest amount we give to any program, to any missionary, to anything. Teen Challenge, $100 a month. That may seem small to some churches, but I, I'm, I'm appreciative of that, that our church does that. Because lives are being changed. The success rate of Teen Challenge is, is greater than any other program out there because it's not a program. It introduces these young men and young women. By the way, Illinois is starting a Women's Teen Challenge Center back up. And lives are being changed and transformed because David Wilkerson refused to say no to something that was crazy and completely impossible. Read the book, The Cross and the Switchblade. Watch the movie from 100 years ago. <laughs> it's an awesome, it's awesome. He's nothing special except for he was willing. What is God wanting to do to you or with you when you say yes? I'm willing to do what? you want me to do. So the third thing that happened is they experienced a miracle. I, as a fisherman, you know, I can kind of imagine the fishing and not catching, and then all of a sudden you hit, a, hit the gold, you know, the gold mine. But in in our lives, and in this case, it's all about obedience. The miracles come. The things happen when we truly trust the Lord. I'm a firm believer that the day of miracles is not past. I'm a firm believer that the day of miracles is today. He's still performing miracles on a daily basis in people's lives. It hasn't gone away, otherwise... The Bible wouldn't say it's still for today. I believe he's still doing the miraculous. And so Jesus invited them for breakfast. You know, here in our church, we've got several guys with smokers. They can. I'm telling you, I've had meat from lots of other people, and I eat it, and it's good. But nothing like what our guys do. I'm telling you, I, I ain't just saying that because I, I'm, a, I'm one of the guys. I'm saying that because I've tasted several. I'm thinking, I don't know what these other guys do. It's good, but not this good. We got ladies in here that can cook like you wouldn't believe. But we find out here that Jesus knows how to cook fish. 
He had the fish going. He had it ready. He had a meal prepared. And when they came in, you know what he said? I've got some good fish here, but go ahead and bring me some of yours. I'll cook some more. You look like some hungry fellows. You've been fishing all night. I want there to be plenty. And he cooked and he blessed them. And then think about this for a minute. Here we see Jesus after the resurrection, before the ascension. And maybe, just maybe, Jesus is wanting to remind his disciples about some of the lessons they learned in the last three and a half years. Maybe, just maybe, as Jesus provided fish and bread, he wanted to remind them, do you guys remember the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000? How miraculously the bread and the fish multiplied? Maybe, just maybe, as they sat around the fire, maybe Peter thought back to that day when he was accused of being a follower of Christ around that fire, and he says, no, I'm not. I'm not one of them. Three times he says, no, I'm not one of them. Maybe the Lord was wanting to remind them him of that day and how he had been redeemed. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus is wanting to remind them that whatever they need, they can find in him. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus was wanting them to remember one more time that he was all-sufficient. That if they would trust in him and not in themselves, that there was nothing that was impossible. You see, we look out in the world today and we see lots of impossibilities, don't we? We see lots of things that we don't think can ever be accomplished. We see people that we don't think God could ever save. Come on, be honest. I think maybe Jesus wants to remind us that if we put Him first, follow Him respond to him, do it his way, nothing is impossible. Our failures of the past, he's not holding them over us. He's not wanting us to hold them over us. He wants us to realize we have been saved and set free to do the work he has called us to do. And so I ask you this morning as you begin to evaluate your life, as you begin to evaluate your ministry, as you begin to evaluate the things that you say and the things that you do and how you live, are you ready to do it His way? Are you ready to say, Lord, help me to see your plan, not mine. Help me to walk in your plan, not mine. Jesus invites each and every one of us to have breakfast with him on the beach today. The bread and the fish is prepared. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him 
and he with me. The invitation from Jesus is, you're all invited. You're all invited. Are you ready to come to the table with Jesus? Would you bow your heads this morning? Oh, Lord. The invitation this morning is that we would come to the table with you. The invitation this morning is that you're knocking on our heart's door and that we should open up. And maybe this morning, Lord, we're, we're a born-again believer and you're knocking on our heart's door and you're saying, I want you to open up to more. I've got so much more for you than what you've experienced. Open the door. Maybe you're here this morning and you have not accepted Jesus as your Savior and He's knocking on your heart and He's saying, open the door. I want to have fellowship with you. I want to forgive you of your sins. I want to set you free. Maybe you're bound to something this morning. Maybe there's something that's keeping you from being all God wants you to be. And this morning He's knocking on your heart's door and He's, he's saying, open the door I want to set you free. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been trying to do it your way and he's knocking on your heart's door this morning and he's saying, let me in to do it my way. The invitation is to all of us this morning. He stands at the door and knocks. And he says, if anyone hear my voice and opens the door. Where are you at this morning? What's the Lord speaking to your heart this morning? What's the word that He would tell you today? Your head's bowed and your eyes closed this morning. I want to ask you this morning as you think about what the Lord is speaking how many in here would say, I believe he's knocking on my heart and telling me to stop doing it my way. I'm a Christian, but I have let my way get in his way, and he's telling me this morning to let him have his way. Who would be honest with the Lord this morning and say, that's me, yes, I see those hands all over. I have to admit that I have to raise my hand as well because I'm there. Are there others in here this morning that you sense the Lord knocking on your heart's door and He's saying, you don't have a relationship with me, but I want that relationship. I want to come in and I want to save you. I want to forgive you. I want to cleanse you. And this morning you would raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me that I would give my life to Christ today, that I could have fellowship with Him. How many would there be that would say, Pastor, I just need to know Jesus? Yes. See that hand. Thank you, Lord. Who else would there be this morning that would raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want, to, I want to know Jesus today. I want to give up that load of guilt and shame and sin. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want us all to stand.
we close this morning, I just want you to be responsive to the Lord however, however He leads you today. Whatever the Lord wants out of you today, I just ask that you would, be, you would respond to Him. Because when it's all said and done, He's looking for response. Raising our hands is great and it's awesome. And it's a first step. But he wants us to go deeper. Not today. Not just, it's just not about what you do in this place today. But it's about what you do from here out. From this place today. Lord, this morning, we've had a great response. Hands raised. People that have recognized that you are wanting to do something in their life and that we have gotten in the way. And God, this morning, more than our hands raised, Lord, I pray that you would help us to put, put feet behind it, Lord. Help us to humble ourselves before you. Help us, Lord, to really get in the Word and in prayer so that you can truly show us what it is that you have for us. You can truly lead us, Lord God, down that path that you have. Lord God, this morning that it wouldn't be just a response in the service with our hands raised up, but God, it would be an action that we take from this place and live out every day that we would daily seek you, daily let you speak into our life, daily let you change us and submit to you in every way, in every hour, in every moment of our life. Lord, I pray over my brothers and my sisters this morning as we together work together towards your building your kingdom that your kingdom would be built in this place your kingdom would be built in our lives your kingdom would reign supreme in us and through us and lord for those this morning who may not have a relationship with you god i ask that you would stir our hearts and help us lord to submit to you in completeness in our lives that we would just simply ask you to forgive us and make a commitment to begin to walk in faith and victory over the sinful life. Lord God, lead us and guide us. Lead us and guide us, God. Hallelujah. Lord, go with us from this place today, but lead us to where you want us to go next. Lead us throughout this week into your territory. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed this morning.